Welcome to the I Work For Him Power Pod. I'm Michael Miracle, producer for I Work For Him, the voice of the faith and work movement. We are on mission to transform the workplace of every Christian into a mission field. Each quick listening power pod is designed with you in mind and jam-packed with kingdom resources to help you connect your faith and work. How will this impact your workplace? Let's find out right now. We talk today with uh, some incredible people out of Memphis, Tennessee. And and, and I'm, the conversation started by an off Alvin Beisner, uh, by Beisner, sorry, mm-hmm. uh, who wrote a book, and and I said, Calvin, that's great. I would love to talk about how do we minister to the the least of these. How do we talk about poverty? Because this is a, a subject that the church needs to really focus on. Because the church has walked away from a responsibility to really handle this. And I'm not talking about the four walls church. I'm talking about the body of Christ church. But I said, Calvin, I want somebody on the ground. I want somebody that's actually involved in ministering to the least of these and seeing success in doing so. And he goes, We got to get Effie Johnson. <laughs> so we got we got Calvin. Beisner and Effie Johnson on the line today from Memphis, Tennessee. We're talking about poverty, but we're not talking about, this is not a political show. You guys know that. We're talking about poverty today so that we can have a better understanding on how to make an impact on our own community, wherever you're listening to this show today. So Calvin, Effie, welcome to I Work For Him. Effie, how did you realize that your calling was to care for the least of these? Well, because I was voluntold to do it at the beginning. (laughs) (laughs) Voluntold. My parents parents, uh, began doing work uh, serving people in need in the the early 60s. Um, They were born into uh, poor settings themselves in Mississippi and Alabama. And as they grew uh, and, and were able to get educated and move to Memphis over a period of time, they um, were called, just their heart was called to serve people in need, and, um, and that's how that happened. And over, over my lifetime, my parents, uh, before I married, had, had raised or helped to raise over 75 foster children that were not mm. a part of the tr- traditional foster care system, um, and they would take them to the church, and they would um, do devotion times with them. Um, they would feed them, clothe them, and a lot of these families asked my parents to keep these um, children for uh, young adults, young young people, youth as well, uh, for extended periods of time. And I remember telling my mother, why can't we spend our money on a new car? Why can't we do certain things? And um, I would just like to be like, you know, the folks that I see you know, around us. And she said, look here, I'm not your friend. I'm your mama. Uh, this is what we call to do. And this is your purpose until you walk out this house and not living here. And I was like, well, that means I have to do what they say do. And so, uh, of course, over over time, um, the Lord was showing me that he was developing, developing me all the time for the work to, that we do today uh, as a Neighborhood Christian Center's organization. Um, but uh, it was because of my parents' um, commitment to serving people in need, the least of these, and, and pushing hard until there's none, we're going to do this. And I believe in that, and that's why I do it today. Mm. You know, that's so powerful. I hope our listeners hear that um, your parents knew that they had a calling on their life and they modeled that. And um, boy, your mom sounds like a spitfire. I love that. (laughs) Calvin, what drove you to researching and writing about the impact of governmental policies on the poor in our country? 
Well, on the one hand, it actually started very, very early in my life, long before I could really think it through very well. Mm-hmm. As a toddler, I lived in Calcutta, India, when my father was with the U.S. State Department. And because of my mother's illness at the time, I, <clears throat> I was taken uh, by a nursemaid, so to speak, uh, to another Indian family every day to be taken care of. And we were out mm-hmm. very early in the mornings walking down the streets. And uh, some of my very earliest memories of life are of stepping over the bodies of people who had died overnight of starvation and disease. Wow. And, of course, I didn't understand at the time, but those pictures just, you know, they are indelibly in my mind. Later, when I became a Christian and then began sharing the faith with others, uh, telling others about Christ, uh, you know, I, I didn't understand that the Bible actually has a great deal to say about this. I was all about evangelism, and of course that is, that's the primary purpose of the Church, and yet, over and over, all through Scripture, we hear, uh, we, we read of the care of God for the poor. You know, Jesus in Luke 4.18 announces the beginning of his ministry by saying, the Spirit of the Lord God is upon me to preach good news to the poor, is the very first thing <laughs> he says there. Mm-hmm. And finally, actually, a pastor friend of mine got my attention and said, hey, you need to, le- uh, to learn about this. And as I did, I saw that there were all kinds of different ideas about how to help the poor. A lot of them had to do with government policy. And as I studied those, I found, uh, I, I thought, you know, some of this sounds well-intended, but I'm afraid it might actually backfire. So that led to my winding up doing actually a master's degree in economic ethics. I wrote a, a thesis on the biblical teaching on economics uh, related to poverty, uh, and then later wrote a book, uh, Prosperity and Poverty, the Compassionate Use of Resources in a World of Scarcity, and we're gonna published d- by Crossway Books. So we're gonna d- that's what I love- got me into it. Do you think there's a solution to poverty? Well, I think there are lots of solutions, and you have to find the right ones for the right people in the right places at the right times. And the problem is when we try to use a cookie-cutter approach and and treat everybody the same way. This is why Effie's work is so crucially important and so effective, is that she and the folks who work with her get deeply involved in people's lives. It takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of personal sacrifice. Frankly, it doesn't take all that terribly much money on the part of the people who mm. are doing this. But it takes money to support them, you know, to, to support the ministry. But what it really takes is time getting deeply involved in people's lives so that you understand why is it that they are where they are? What are the steps to a better way of life for them for this particular family in this particular situation. And boy, you just can't do a one-size-fits-all on that. Mm-hmm. That's why Effie's way of working is, is, is so effective. Effie, you got 30 seconds to the break. you got a lot of people listening today going, why are we talking about poverty on I Work For Him? Tell them why we're talking about it today. Well, I believe the Lord calls us to help those that are in need. Those are the least of these. And I see it every day. And I cannot walk around as a Christian and see a person that's in need and and ignore that. Poverty. Jesus said that we'll always have the poor among us. Does that mean that there's no solution to poverty? We know the government's war on poverty has been lost to the tune of trillions of dollars. So how do you win this war? Is it a physical battle? 
Or is it a spiritual battle? And what role is the church supposed to be playing in this battle? And how does business fit in to bringing a solution to poverty? All great questions, but we need to break the cycle on how do we do it? And how do you and me, the I Work For Him listeners, how do we do it? You know, we're, we're in Memphis, Tennessee today with Effie Johnson from Neighborhood Christian Center, ncclife.org, ncclife.org. But this was all started because I had a conversation with Calvin Beisner from cornwallalliance.org. Calvin said, hey, I want to talk about I wrote this book about poverty, and I really want to talk about it. And I'm like, okay, let's talk about it, but let's talk about some practitioners that are really working on the issue on the street that are getting their feet dirty, their knees dirty, serving the poor. And that's Effie Johnson from Neighborhood Christian Center. Effie, so my question to you is, it, Calvin said something really powerful right before the break, that this takes a lot of time. Does it take a lot of time to minister to the poor, to, to, to delve into societal issues leading to poverty? Yes, it takes a lot of time. I mean, it's been proven now um, what we've kind of learned along the way. And my mother has written many books uh, regarding this as well. Uh, it takes five to seven years to to move the mindset of a person that's living in generational poverty out of that mindset of repetitive thought that this is the only way, this this is all I know, to there is another way uh, to living. And so um, to strive with a person for seven to ten years even um, take, is, is time and um, relationship and disappointment and ups and downs. Uh, and so, yes, it takes time, and it's a literal time. Uh, sometimes people can't give as much volunteer time as it takes. And so you need people that are doing, not just us doing this work in Memphis, but all of the community partners that are in the city of Memphis working together collaboratively to help people in need is necessary for moving them to, towards stability. And it has to be continuous uh, intervention, continuous um, involvement and engagement um, so that we can help help those that are willing to move out. Uh, I share that a lot, that there are a lot of people that need the help. We can offer it to them, but if they don't receive it, it doesn't change anything. What are some of the things that you and your team at, at Neighborhood Christian Centers involve yourself with these, let's just say it's a family, a family that needs to move yes. away from the generational mindset of poverty. What are some of the things you have to help them with in order to get them moving down the line? And so what we have to do first is what we call stabilization services. Um, when you're focusing on five to seven or seven to, seven to ten year process of change, you're, focus, you're looking and working with the parent, but you're really, really focusing on the children. Uh-huh. And so the ones that are living in poverty that have an opportunity to go beyond where their parents are doesn't mean that they can't escape or get a better job or get a degree, but, but that parent is already at an adult stage most of the time. The child is typically, if you have a mother, three to, three to five children on average in the household, and those children range from um, um, a newborn to seven years old, in order for you to get that first child successfully out of high school into college, it's going to take another seven or so years. Mm. And that child is going to be a first-generation graduate, probably from high school, for sure from college or uh, some form of trade. Then they, are, they have some connection to the family where they're going to want to help that family demonstrating 
either demonstrating that this can be done or maybe having to support them in some way. It's, it's, it's what it is. And so how do you do it? You've got to get one person out of there first to see it can be done and support that person through the process so that others will follow. For our listeners, I would love for you to just explain what you think of as a success before we delve in any deeper, because you've you've used kind of like the when they get out of there. And I know you're talking about getting out of poverty, but it doesn't necessarily mean you're just you're transplanting them to the suburbs. You've talked about education. What what is that transition to success look like? So we can kind of wrap our head around it. Right. Well, transition to success itself is a evidence-based approach we use that was uh, designed by Marcella Wilson, um, which is a doctorate-level uh, uh, person that has really helped to guide us in this approach uh, in these later years. And what that means is um, families or individuals come to us typically broken and in a vulnerable state. And mm-hmm. we use a five-stage approach from vulnerability through to um, uh, stability or anchorage, and that's a five-level process. So to get a person from vulnerable to st- stable is a three-step process. To get them to anchorage is a four- and five-step process. And hmm. so success for us is can we help you get to stability? <laughs> can we help you move from vulnerability to stability in three stages, which takes about three or four years so that you're getting off of food stamps, you're getting off of uh, public uh, support or federal aid and and having a job and going to work every day and your children are going mm. to school every day without major um, behavioral issues and they are um, getting they're doing their homework that is success so you're That's talking about a person that that doesn't enforce their children's education they can go to school or not we're talking about real-time stuff I deal with every day right. we're talking about children that are carrying guns robbing folks, doing whatever they have to do to survive sometimes, not just because they're malicious, and how do we move them toward having the things they need in a basic, just a basic need, so that they don't have to think about what do I have to do to survive, but how can I now do what is, what is typical in America and have just be a student, go to school, come home, have something to eat, and move forward in life, and then have an option opportunity to see the next step. Listen to I Work for Him with your host, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. We're Christ followers. Our workplace is our mission field, but ultimately, I work for Him. Thank you for listening to the I Work for Him Power Pod with your hosts, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. Want more? Hear the full broadcast at IWorkForHim.com. Stay connected and receive power pack content when you sign up for our blog at IWorkForHim.com or follow us on social media at IWorkForHim. And finally, if today's message inspired you, please subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast platform. Your review helps launch more workplace missionaries across the nation. That's at I Work For Him and online, IWorkForHim.com.